What's up, podcast world? Bojack's boys are back, and we got another special one for you. We have someone from right down the road, a former All-Stater from Cabo Midland High School, a former three-year starter on the defensive front for the Mountaineers, none other than Reese Donahue. So before we get to questions, Reese, we just got to ask you, we're going to get into a lot tonight with uh, your recruiting, of course your days at WU and some other things, but how are you dealing with this crazy COVID world right now? I mean, obviously uh, we know you're you're living down south, so just kind of bring us up to date and let us know what's going on. Well, guys, uh, you know, I was training for the NFL. Uh, I was all over the country doing this and doing that, chasing my tail a little bit, uh, and draft day came around. Didn't work out so hot, but you know what? It's all right. Um, you know, uh, right now I'm not with the team. Um, and, you know, so COVID hit, things got tight. Uh, and so far I've had to move on. Uh, since then I've picked up a career. Um, I work for a company called MDS Global IT. We're in Plano, Texas. Uh, since then my wife and I have also started our own company. We do uh, construction and contracting. Uh, and we are living in Princeton, Texas. So uh, about 30 minutes up the road from uh, Big Dallas. So it's a little bit of a site change for us and for me as well, you know, growing up in a small town. But uh, that's where we're at right now. Awesome, man. So tell us, obviously, I'm sure playing a professional is a dream of yours. So, you know, with COVID and everything going on, is that kind of on hold on that for now or just kind of update us on that? Yeah, so look, you know, if a team calls me back, uh, I still have an agent, and if my team calls me back uh, and they're wanting to work me out or something, absolutely going to go, absolutely going to give it a try. I'm still in the best shape of my life still. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to put all my eggs in that basket. I'm not going to, you know, set my sights on that at the moment because um, I don't want to say it's an unrealistic expectation, but right now there's some other things that are at hand. And, you know, that's just making it. I mean, there's some people who are struggling right now with uh, COVID going around and not being able to – they're losing their jobs, losing their houses. I'm very fortunate just to have a career and be able to make ends meet. So, for me right now, the goal is to take care of my family and to still provide for, for us. So, you know, if the NFL comes knocking, I'll be more than happy to, to go and uh, give them my services. But until then, you know, I have to stay on this track. So, Reese, sometimes we'll jump back and forth a little bit, and, and you brought your wife up. So we want to know, you know, you had a pretty amazing proposal on ESPN and everything else and uh, kind of made us all jealous. Uh, <laughs> so tell us uh, how that came about, how your teammates kept their mouth shut, all that good stuff. Well, let me start from the top. You know, our story is really unique. Uh, so we actually met in college, uh, and it actually worked out really well because her athletic trainer was one of my professors. Uh, I got extra credit for going to the gymnastics meets. Uh, I also got brownie points for going as well. Uh, we also shared a class together, and fortunately, the giant snowstorm of 2016 hit. Uh, and I actually offered a ride home. Uh, the classes were canceled for a long time, and we had to spend some time together and hang out and get to know each other. Uh, and, you know, just kind of kicked off from there. We were really good friends for a long time. Uh, I finally got the courage to ask her out. We dated for a while. Uh, you know, fast forward a few years, and, uh, you know, I know I want to marry this lady. And so uh, what better opportunity to do it than on a mountaineer's field? I mean, you know, as a, as a Western kid growing up, that's kind of a dream for a lot of people. Uh, so, you know, plans came together. I had started back in May after spring ball, designing a ring, kind of oh, getting wow. plans finalized for the season. Uh, and so – I had everything planned out for months and months and months. Uh, it finally came in. The ring came just a few weeks before uh, the proposal date that I had set. I had talked to the coaches in anticipation that I was going to do it. Everybody knew it happened. I cannot believe it didn't get out because, um, you know, the week before, 
babe, you know, go get your nails done. Hey, uh, what are you wearing to the game? Uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, I had her family. Just, I actually had flown her family up. They were they're from Texas, obviously. Obviously, she is. So um, they flew out from Texas. All of them. You know, she's got a uh, uh, large family. Her best friend was going to come. Uh, she was not able to just because she was affiliated with another athletic department. Uh, and so, anyways, it was a long, long, drawn-out process, and she ended up having no idea, um, and I brought her down. We won, thank goodness. It was kind of a nail-biter towards the end because uh, Kansas was closing in on us, and uh, we, we squeaked it out, and thank God my teammates held their mouth because they, they did a great job setting everything up for us. Uh, you know, 100 people on the team, do you know how hard it is to keep, to keep information inside <laughs> yeah. of 100 people? Um, Mouthy so, yeah, it worked out really players. good. Yeah, yeah especially players. football players. So, it worked out really good. I popped the question. Fast uh, forward now after that, uh, February 1st, we got married down here in Texas at St. Joseph Catholic Church. Uh, and we went to the honeymoon. We went to the West Indies. Uh, and it was awesome. It was a wonderful time. Uh, and so, now here we are. Real world. And uh, we're married. And we're doing great. Uh, and, you know, we're, uh, we're really excited to, uh, to share our story, really, with the whole world. There, you know, there's a lot more to, that I could talk about all day along with you guys, but uh, in this short clip, you know, this is where I'm at. Yeah, Reese, I'm, I was at that Kansas game, and uh, I think all of us were there. JJ yeah. was on a recruiting visit, so we were on the field, and I was actually – I mean, I was kind of part of your moment, and I was yeah. like, well, I'm, I'm going to be invited to the wedding. I kept <laughs> checking the mailbox. Did my invitation get lost in the mail? <laughs> No, no, no. Don't listen. We uh, and as a matter of fact, we did our since we did our uh, wedding offsite, so we were in Texas. A lot of teammates couldn't make it as well, but we did a really, really small private wedding. It was a uh, it was actually family only, and I only had uh, two of my friends there. Um, and she had, I think, two of her friends there, three of her friends there as well. Uh, we kept it really tight, and oh, I'm sorry, I had three of my friends there, and we kept it really tight, really small. Uh, just because our proposal was so big and it was blown up on ESPN and whatever, uh, you know, we wanted to make it, you know, romantic. We wanted to make it personal. So uh, that's we kept it really tight for a reason. Uh, and you got the wedding in. So you got married February 1st. That's literally a month before the country was closed. Squeaked in right before. And we were out of the country. So fortunately, we weren't in a COVID uh, devastating region before either. So, Reese, how's it been being a newlywed and dealing with all the COVID stuff? It's actually not that bad. Everybody, uh, everybody's kind of laughing at the the situation because those people have been married for 30, 40 years. Uh, you know, they've had kids, they left the nest, and, and they're sitting there wondering, you know, like, what on earth are we going to do now? And now they're stuck at home together with nothing to do with this and that weather. Um, you know, my wife and I have made a deal, not a deal, but, you know, promised each other that we're always going to put each other first, even in front of kids. And I know that's going to sound horrible uh, for some people, but really in our eyes, that's what the, the right thing to do is because ultimately, uh, you know, God first, your wife second, kids third, because, you know, your wife's always going to be there if you chose her first. So, uh, you know, we've made that promise to each other and we still stick to it. And, you know, it's actually not been that bad uh, being stuck at home because uh, she's my best friend, my favorite person ever. So, I mean, we get to hang out a lot. You're newlywed. That changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. So, Reese, the real question is, Chase Harler. I mean, what's the deal there? He's kind of stole your idea. I mean, what's what's up with that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Reese, did he reach out to you? Say, hey, I'm going to steal your idea. I'm going to propose to my girlfriend. It's called Sim. <laughs> I mean, I we want to know. Did he ask your permission? 
Okay, so first off, first off, I don't know that I've ever met Jason, but let me stop you. Let me stop you right there. Oh, easy, easy, Bubba. All right, let me stop you right there. Let's, let me stop you right there. So here's the thing. Regardless of whoever did it first, whoever's idea it was, really, I mean, it's not it's not about, you know, doing it for other people. It's not about who was there. The only person that matters to is me and my wife, and the only person that matters to is Chris Rowe and his fiance. Really, it doesn't matter who was there, and regardless if it was in front of a million people on, on national television or if it was just uh, two people, you know, in a room together, it does not matter. Uh, really, it's just all about that they fell in love and my wife and I fell in love. And so, you know, I don't blame them. I don't know. There's, it's not a big deal. It doesn't matter what I think. It's all about if they're happy or not. It's all about if we're happy. So, you know, as long as they're doing good, I'm happy for them. I can care less about, you know, who did it first. Hey, Reese, that's actually a pretty good point. As you know, growing up in the state of West Virginia, West Virginia football, West Virginia basketball, that's our pro teams. We don't have any pro teams here. Everybody grows up looking up to them. So how much interaction does, like, the football and basketball team have or even with other sports in the program? So my wife, she had a short stint at WVU as a uh, gymnast, and I had a short stint at WVU actually as a uh, strength and conditioning coach for Olympic sports after my wife had already, you know, saw her stint. Uh, so, you know, there was no conflicting interest there. But uh, because of my degree, I had to do an internship with WVU sports. Uh, and during that time, I did see a lot of sports, um, but I never was with men's basketball. Unfortunately, I never got to meet Chase. But the thing about uh, the way that, you know, Morgantown is laid out is every single sport is basically confined to the Coliseum with the exception of football. So uh, just because of that, we are separate in a completely separate location, we actually aren't able to, um, you know, interact with a whole lot of sports unless we're in class or uh, something extracurricular. So, you know, we actually don't see each other very much, whereas some of the Olympic sports are uh, much more uh, tight knit, I would say. Um, and, you know, it's not because of any other reason except for the distance and the time restraints that student-athletes have. Something I'm always curious in is, you know, kind of the the teammates that hang out the most and things like that. So, Reese, who are some of your really good friends? Obviously, you know, mostly football guys. That's who you spent the most time with. You know, who, who became some of your really close friends throughout your time there at W? So, let me tell you what. There's a – there's – multiple i'm gonna say multiple domains of people that that you're around the most and then i think the people that you're around the most often that you're closest friend i would absolutely say the defensive line room anybody in that d line room i would say those are probably some of my closest friends on the team as well as uh roommates i had logan timmons was my roommate my freshman year and then i would also say the west virginia boys anybody um that's from the state you also had that special bond so there's those three niches like i said within your position room um, your roommates, and then those West Virginia boys, man, we are we are all about each other and always doing some, anything for each other. So, you know, to me, that's probably the three groups um, that I'm close with. But, you know, it's it's hard it's hard to say who are my closest friends because, you know, we're a team, we're a family, and, and it's hard to put a it's hard to put a denomination on who is the most important because, you know, they're all they're all equally important. We're just all different. All right, so let's jump into uh, high school, man. You've got four guys here who really like high school sports, particularly Friday night football. Um, you got I got to brag on my boys here, the Roberts boys here, Brent and Brad. Between them, they got four state championships. Bubba's got three, three straight at Polka, and Brent had two, two straight at uh, or back to back, I should say, at Polka. Now double A, but still, that's a uh, it's pretty pretty good competition. So, just kind of take us back. Uh, you know, one of the first games I saw was uh, at Midland was your senior year. So take us back to uh, to that time. 
But yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we actually we we really had some stacked teams. I don't know uh, what on earth why we couldn't put it together to uh, go all the way through because all four years that I was there, we had some studs. We were we were really stacked. So, um, but man, uh, we have some good teams. Coach Samus and his staff, man, they got it going together over there. I mean, they got there as long as Coach Samus and his staff is, is there, they're gonna have a phenomenal football team. Uh, it's just how it is. It's just the way that Coach Samus runs his program. He has high expectations has great organization and he just he you know those guys at midland want to play and they want to play for coach Sammons because of the person that he is now Bubba and i we still have two nephews on midland's team this upcoming year and you know the community support there is is great i mean you know sometimes triple a they get a bad rap that especially schools have consolidated that you know the community does not come out and support it but that's the opposite at midland uh the community support the games the atmosphere it's great there Oh yeah, and you know what? The only people that hate playing Midland are the, or the only people that hate Calvin Midland are the people playing Calvin Midland because, you know, I mean, I really mean this. The the atmosphere there is great. I mean, really, like, let's be honest here. Uh, high school football is the most pure form of college or of football. It's not college, not NFL. It's not the you know high school football is the most pure form of love of the game. Uh, and really, I think it's I think it's great for kids to be playing college or high school ball right now, even more so than college. College is a great you get your education, but really, some of the most fun times until I've had, and I've played college ball, you know, is to say my time at Cabin Midland was really, really fun, and it's some of the most fun times you'll ever have. Uh, and, you know, the community really binds together, and it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if you're in Texas. It doesn't matter if you're in Western Virginia. It doesn't matter if you're Ohio, Tri-State, area, Kentucky. It doesn't matter, you know, really the community bonds around high school football. And it's really what it's about because it brings, it brings them some life on Fridays. So take us through the recruiting process. I know it's always interesting and it's always different for all players. So take us through that. I initially started my recruiting. I could not get an offer from anywhere. I could not pick one up. I, I don't know. I couldn't have bought one if I had one. Uh, I went to Western Kentucky at camps. I went to Massillon, Ohio, to the Nike Spark Combine. I went to Wake Forest. I went to a bunch of different places. Um, and could not pick up an offer. I don't know what on earth it was. Um, coach Sammons has a, a friend that he played with, uh, and it was J1 Sider, who's now the coach, running back coach at Penn State. He texted him and said, hey, you know, I, there's a kid down here at Midland I want you to come down and look at. Um, and, you know, Coach Sider came down, checked me out. Um, you know, I actually had one on a recruiting visit, and oddly enough, I went to a recruiting visit at UNC Charlotte, um, and – a uh, man named Bruce Tall was there. He was a defensive coordinator at UNC Charlotte my junior year. And I went down there, and I was kind of upset because I thought at least I'd get to play in one double-A ball. You know, I thought I might have been able to at least hang with those guys to maybe get a scholarship and walk on. And, and Coach Tall pulled me aside, and he said, hey, you know, I'm not going to offer you. He said, I think your Division One material still sitting there with no offers. And so I'm like, what is going on? Like, you know, I mean, I don't understand. Well, um, you know, Coach Tall gets the defensive line coaching job at WVU. Coach Gibby's there. Uh, Coach Gibby comes down to Midland, and uh, he offers me a scholarship. And lo and behold, you know, I'm playing for Coach Soul for three years. So um, that it kind of worked out really well. Up on WVU offering, they were my first offer. I committed on the spot. Didn't want. I had. I didn't care. You know what I'm saying I, that was what I was going to do. I wanted to play for WVU. I had lots of colleges calling me, and they said, "Hey, if you you know decommit." We will offer you. I'm not going to name those colleges because I'm sure there's some unwritten rules or something there about offering kids and telling them to decommit. But, you know, um, a lot of other colleges wanted me after I got that first W offer. It didn't matter. I don't care, you know, if, if hey, the president offered me a scholarship. To, I don't care where. You know what I mean? It's just I wasn't going anywhere else. Uh, and it worked out really well for me. You know, I, I was there. Uh, I played. I was, you know, a three-year starter. Uh, you know, I found my wife. I won the Iron Mountaineer trophy there 
um, yeah, it worked out really well. And, and I made some, some memories there. I had some, some colleagues there that uh, you would have never found elsewhere. And it really set me up for future success in life. Wow, that's very interesting. See, I, I only knew Reese as a, kind of a big-time recruit, reading the message boards. You know, once W offered him, I knew he was – a lot of schools were after him. I had no idea, Reese, you had to kind of fight for that first offer and to get it kind of rolling there. It was a long time, man. I mean, it was a long time. It was uh, lots of camps, lots of late nights. I mean, I had I went to Cincinnati as well. Uh, I went to a bunch of places. I could not find an offer anywhere. Uh, and, you know, once once Coach Gibby offered me and the first Division one offer came out, the floodgates opened, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter because I was home. So here's the unfortunate part. The unfortunate part is, is, and I don't just mean West Virginia when I say this, there's a lot of places all around the country that are under-recruited. Just because they're under-recruited doesn't mean they don't have ball players there. Um, you know, and the, th- the thing is, is like, I hate to say it. Like, I don't want to sound like it's all me because it's not, you know, like none of the success is on me. Like, I don't want to say that whatsoever. But what I do mean is like Billy Ross, he's a kid under me. Uh, Riley Locklear, he was under me. All these guys, uh, as soon as I got a few Division One offers, they all started getting recruited. And you wonder why it's because they finally realized there's talent in these small places. And, you know, you can go anywhere. I mean, I'm, I'm 15 minutes from the Allen Eagle Stadium, their $70 million high school stadium. And, yes, there are monsters there. Every, every single one of those kids can earn a scholarship. But there are, are also gyms in smaller locations, you know. And the, I believe at first they were scared to pull the trigger on some of those kids like me. But, you know, you can put your faith in those kids because there are some out there. Now, like I said, don't get me wrong. You can't fill a 22 or 33-man roster however you want to do it with special teams. If you're 30, or 11 on special teams, 11 on offense, 11 on defense, you can't find that in West Virginia sometimes. You can't find that in, in, you know, Kentucky sometimes. But what you can find, you still can't find good ball players. Yeah. There's no coincidence yeah. there. It's it, that's exactly what it was. It's because there was no light being shined in there. And once we pro, we we you know ingrained that path in there. I mean, like I said, not just me, but it's those first few guys to get out. I mean, you know, after that, it really opened the floodgates for me. So Reese, uh, we've we've talked about W a little bit. So let's dive in. You obviously got there, played under Dana, and then uh, he left and. Neil Brown comes in. So you, you've got that unique experience. So kind of tell us about the, you know, the two different coaches and, and that transition period. Y'all ever been to Roos Chris Steakhouse and had a, uh, a steak cooked, you know, medium well and had a steak cooked well done. They're both phenomenal. It doesn't matter. They're just different. Yeah. That's kind of how, uh, I mean, they're, they're both phenomenal. I'm really yeah. excited. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, coach, coach Brown's awesome. Uh, Dan was great. And, you know, there are two different coaching styles, two completely different people. Uh, and I can't say a bad thing about either one of them. They're just both different. So, uh, you know, you're looking at Dana with the air raid. Uh, and, you know, the big thing is, like, the one I want to say is football is football. It really doesn't change that much for football. It's just, it's just coaching. Um, the big things that really change within the program are the things that the fans don't see. Um, it's, you know, how you run practices, how you carry yourself around facilities. It's how you, um, you know, manage your time, things like that. It really is. Football is still a game. I mean, you have a few options to run, pass, or you can do uh, RPO. You know, I mean, what else are you going to do? I mean, it's it's the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, and so, you know, it, like I said, it doesn't change that much. It's all about – I think head coaching, you know, is more about management uh, of, one, the game, and, two, the players in the facility and how the facility runs. Uh, so one is not better than the other. They're just different. And, you know, yes, yes. Dana was more outspoken. Yes, uh, Coach Brown is a little bit more reserved, and they have two different styles and methods. But really, football is football, and they're both great coaches. I have to give them both thumbs up. And you know what? The staff that they hired as well 
with Coach Gibby and the staff that I hired with Coach Koenig and uh, Coach Leslie and Coach Cole. They're all great people. They're all great coaches, and they'll, they'll do anything for the players. So I can't say a bad thing about any of them. Cerise, other than the coaches, and we always hear a lot about you, know, you guys spend more time with assistant coaches and, and, and strength guys and stuff like that. So tell us about that relationship. And, and uh, you know, we always hear really, really positive things about Mike Joseph. So take us through that. Well, let me tell you this. Let me take this back one step for you real quick. I'd say I want to say one thing is there's a lot of people that get a whole lot of credit. OK, and talking about this transition with, with Coach Holberson and Coach Brown, uh, one people that the you know, one particular group of people that don't get enough daylight um, has known those, those coaches in the weight room, those coaches down in the uh, training room and the nutrition staff. A lot of those people are really overlooked because you always see position coaches, you see you know, head coaches, you see defensive coordinators, it doesn't matter. The people that really deserve a lot of attention that do not get it are those strength staff, are those nutritionists, and those people in the training room. They really deserve it because I'm telling you, so much more than what meets the eye goes into strength training. Those strength coaches are mom and dad, and those nutritionists, and those players, and the, or those, uh, you know, those people in the training room, they are mom and dad away from home because nobody else treats you know you the way that your parents would treat you um, other than those strength and conditioning coaches they are there for you every single day yes the coaches are there for you on tv they see you all the time and yes they are there for you they're checking out us constantly but the people that we see the most year round are still the strength and conditioning coaches and so those guys really deserve a lot of respect um, and to forming the team that we have it didn't matter what year it is but a lot of that goes back to the, the strength and conditioning coaches. all right so reese we're always interested in former players you know, favorite plays, favorite games, favorite opponents, stuff like that. So, obviously, outside of your engagement, uh, kind of take us through that. We we kind of fangirl a little bit on on favorite favorite plays and things. <laughs> it's no problem. So, outside of my engagement, that's that's hands off. We're gonna talk about that. That's number one most favorite moment of all time, right there on the field, uh, or you know anything affiliated with WVU. I would say, uh, you know, number two is gonna be uh, Texas at Texas. Uh, pulling out a last-minute stop right there, um, you know, getting us that win right there in, in, uh, in Austin. That was a close one. That was a nail-biter. And I can honestly say I think my favorite game ever right in front of Texas, my very last game I ever played TCU as a senior, last game ever, that was awesome. That was, uh, that was a great atmosphere. And really I felt it at the end of the season. And I will speak ahead, and I'll, I will prophesize the future, and I'll tell you this. Neil Brown is going to lead this team to a championship. I don't know when, but I'm telling you, he's going to take him there. It might not be, it might not be soon, but he will. So I'm telling you, as the year started, you know, as the year started to to descend a little bit, I really feel like that team started pulling together. And the things, it's not things that, you know, I would appreciate or you guys would appreciate seeing the numbers from that season, as you know, we were upside down, but it's something that in the locker room is going to start forming this season. You know, and I don't know how the season's going to be because COVID is a huge issue right now. Um, you know, the lack of spring ball and everything with multiple, with multiple teams. But I'm telling you, as long as Neil Brown is driving the bus, you better get on it because um, he's, he's going he's gonna to take that team to great heights. Hey, we hope you enjoyed part one of our interview with Reese Donahue. Come back and join us for part two. We dive in a little bit more of his memories at WVU and also another epic Mojox Hall of Fame, the top three West Virginia high school venues. And we'll get Reese's thoughts on that as well. See you guys soon. Mm-hmm.